is the Green Room Episode 5. Oh, um, wow. We're starting. <laughs> yeah, we're starting okay. right away. Okay. Um, right. It's late. We just watched Monday Night Football, Chargers Saints. We'll get into that a little later. Um, I'm never got... taking an under in the NFL again, but I'm going to put an asterisk next to that, not for at least the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a few things to go over real quick before we get into our NFL takeaways. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate Joaquin Buckley. Yes. For the greatest you knockout in UFC history. You absolutely have to. Neither of us watched the card this week. We no, we admit, did not. There was but, a lot of sports on. There, yeah, was, there was a lot going on. It was on. a big weekend around the sports yeah, world. a lot. Um, I mean, but, every sport. Literally. But it was hard to miss Joaquin Buckley literally kicking the shit out of Mbukasa. Right. Yeah, however you say his name. Yeah. I mean, um, it was the best knockout I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I found out some few, a few stats about it. Ooh, interesting. Fourth recorded spinning back kick knockout in UFC history. Ooh, so that's I, low. I'm really interested in finding the other ones because I they, they got to be cool. Yeah, that but, one was especially cool because he was... He was yeah. held up. Yeah. His leg was held, did the spin. And another thing that makes it even a little cooler before you get back to your stats, the fact that he stood there in shock yeah. for like a second Like and he a half. still had his balance while like while being completely out it of It was just gone. Yeah. The conscience <laughs> was gone. Anyway. Um, other stat, not really a stat, but he earned the $50,000 performance bonus. And Dana White said in the interview afterwards, right after that kick happened, we... Immediately, we're like, he's getting all the awards for today. So <laughs> that's awesome. So that's really all we got. Um, that's awesome. We also forgot to do the king of our podcast last week. Yeah, the movie king. Um. So last week we reviewed the Grand Budapest Hotel, and I think we're nominating Zero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're nominating the lobby Zero, boy. the lobby boy, the main character. I'd probably say. I mean, he is. It's told through his yes. eyes about yeah. his experiences. Yeah. So he's going to be going up against Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. still reigning king of the podcast from Jurassic from Park, episode two, two or three, yes. one of the two. Um, and here's how we're going to do our king of the podcast from here on out. Yeah, we're gonna we won't go too in depth on this one. We'll start doing it a little later for when we get our king of the podcast for today's movie review. Yeah, which is Indiana Jones Indiana Raiders J- of the Lost Ark. Yes, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. But for now, <laughs> but for now. We're just going to decide who wins the MVP and how many games they would win if it was a theoretical final series. Yeah, seven-game series. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. So if I can just go in on a little bit of them. So Jeff Goldblum, we talked about him already. Stellar performance. Mm-hmm. Now, he is in Grand Budapest Hotel. Just doesn't have as big of a role. It might give him an edge in this series, too. Because really, he's got an inside view into what Zero's oh, thinking wow. all the time. Okay, that's he's, interesting. He's watched the film. He was in the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Which, I mean, gut, your gut thought after that is Jeff Goldblum. But if I got to talk about Zero for a second, when you're mm-hmm. a lobby boy, his shifts literally went till midnight, started at 5 a.m. He's rolling off five hours of sleep. One of the best lobby boys out there. And it, he was so good at his job that it worked him up to manager of the hotel. And he kept things quiet. And he kept, well, owner of the hotel, actually. Yeah. Um, and he's just through and through pure-hearted and loves that hotel. Mm-hmm. All positive things for Zero. That being said, I got to go Jeff Goldblum in seven. So I was, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm mm-hmm. going Jeff Goldblum in six. 
Okay. Purely because of the one-liners that Jeff Goldblum gives Great. us. Great. The life finds a way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. That, yeah, and I looked up a style. Yeah. He just looks good in it. Mm-hmm. Darn good. All right, now we can move on. Now we can we'll, move on. We'll we had back. to get back because we're gonna we're gonna crown another one this episode. We just had to touch on that for the last yeah. episode. Um. So first off, I will give you my category. So Maybe. are we gonna do the back yeah, and forth let's do thing? Back and forth. Okay. So my category this week is five people. Who deserve a raise for our this NFL categories? NFL categories, although mine kind of strays away a little. That's bit. fine. That's yeah. fine. It's based off of NFL weekend. Yeah. All of these categories. Um, number one is whoever is recruiting skill positions at Penn State University. Okay, college. I like yes. that. I Which like that. Goes into NFL a little bit. Yeah. So in 2014, they had Allen Robinson on their squad. A beast. Yeah, really the a only beast. only name from that time. Yeah. But then you go to the 2015 through 2017 roster, all kind of on the same team, but like you know, some of them played. Some yeah, played. you know. Um, first Saquon Barkley. No, nothing needs to be said. Miles Sanders, one of the best backs in the league right now, turning into He's one of the solid. best backs in the league right He's now. He's solid. 11 for 80 and two Really, touchdowns. really solid. Chris Godwin. Who I didn't even he's a beast. know went to Penn State. Yeah, he's a beast. KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, and Mike Gusecki. And those last three are all like they have time to yeah. turn into something. And Mike Gusecki's been playing. He's having a great year, a breakout year, one yeah. might say. And Trace McSorley was throwing them the ball. That is true. And that I'm going to throw him in the category of some other quarterbacks. Not re- I don't have names because <laughs> I thought of this like ten seconds before the podcast. Right. Okay. Podcast started. But Alabama and Ohio State quarterbacks who are just kind of over-heralded every year because they have such good weapons and, every yeah. single year at wide That's receiver. True. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron <laughs> from Bama. They had, I mean, just by being on Bama, they got drafted. Both mm-hmm. perennial backups. So that, I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, are you good? Yeah. That one? Okay, so my category is five NFL trades that would be cool— and at least somewhat makes sense. Yeah. Now, you can't have both. You got to, if you're going to go more cool, they can't make total sense. Yeah. Because cool play, cool trades involve cool players, and you don't love trading cool players. We're going somewhere in between here. So I've tried to find a good balance of needs and maybe would still be extreme. Uh, my first one is the Packers trade a first round pick and a third round pick for Julio Jones. Whoa. I think I think this one's pretty obvious. The Falcons clearly are in a rebuilding. They fired Dan Quinn. Arthur Blank comes out, their owner comes out and says he's not sure if Matt Ryan if he believes in Matt Ryan as the quarterback of the future. He's not committed to it, I believe, were his exact words. I don't believe in him. Right, you don't believe him. A lot of people don't. They should. But listen, the guy won an MVP 3 years ago and bouncing off of that is a big deal, especially when you have so many weapons. So for just for him to say that, and especially when you have a defense that's that bad. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to say that, that makes me think you're in rebuild. They got Calvin Ridley, who I think is a great long-term guy for them. I think they could be looking... I, I don't think they would do this, because I think Julio's just means so much to the Falcons, but Devontae Adams and Julio Jones from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the Packers don't need a one... But they need depth, so why not just, just have two ones? Have two ones, and then you don't need to worry about yeah. the depth. Then you, your Lazards and MBS can be what they were actually meant to be in this league, which is a two, three, really not even a two, really a three, four, three, five yeah. type guy. 
So I think that would make sense, and it'd be pretty cool. I like that trade a lot. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm a Packers. Rodgers, so and, I like Rodgers Julio, and Tay. I mean, that's one of the greatest weapon quarterbacks. It might weapon be the greatest. If that, if that happened, it really, I mean, yeah. Um, my number two people who deserve a raise is backup running backs. Hard agree. So Hard agree. They're resetting the, the running back market. Yes. So this year, the NFL running backs... A lot of stars got money. Mm-hmm. We had Dalvin, right. Mara, McCaffrey Henry. get paid? McCaffrey, Henry. Okay. Well, all their backups are showing them what's up. I know. Mike Davis is stepping in and just doing fine for the Panthers. He's my RB1 on my fantasy team. Chase Love Edmonds. Him. Chase Edmonds is showing everyone that Kenyon Drake, not that good. Yeah. yeah. We saw what he was at the Dolphins, and he came to the Cardinals like last year and showed out. And he's just... And now he's just back to what he was. Yeah. Um, this is not really fair, but Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, I still both consider backup running backs to Todd Gurley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if that That's makes any sense. Okay. Um, I'll let you so, run with it. So they have two backup running backs. As a, they have it right. That's what I'm Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. you need two backup running backs that are like, Akers, Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. All yeah. backup running backs. Yeah. Then and, have, they, and it's just a unit. Then you have Kareem Hunt, who actually did get a raise. Yeah. Um, Devontae Freeman, who I know is a starter now, but he was on the free agent market, so I'm going to consider him in this category. And he's category. Great. Yeah, I'm going to consider him, up, him in this category yeah. because he should have been on a team. 100% agree. All the way. Alexander Madison had 20 rushes for 112 yards this week. Yeah. He played amazing. And uh, Colin actually made me throw this one in there. Jamal Williams is a great backup. I was going to bring that one up, too. He absolutely could be a one on some teams. Mm-hmm. His pass catching? His pass catching has improved tenfold this offseason, and he's one of the hardest runners in the league, very seriously. He's, also, He's forcing us to not play A.J. Dillon. Yes. He's he's kind of giving him another year, but at the same time forcing the Packers' hand. Yeah. Um, another one to kind of bounce off of your take, uh, Marlon Mack goes down. I, I was going to say Jonathan that, Taylor slide, say. Jonathan Taylor slides in, and this is a little different because, I mean, Marlon Mack's not maybe the elite elite. And I think but, we knew Taylor might have been. Yeah, right. So we kind of had a feeling about this, but just the fact that Mack goes down and the running game doesn't really suffer with Taylor and Hines back there. Also, Hines, Hines has actually been awesome. Hines, yeah. So when you got that power back and that receiving back, do you really need a back that can do everything? No. Okay, um, you're up for number two. I like that, though. So my second one, this one is actually probably the most realistic. Uh, it's another one that involves the Falcons. Uh, As the, it should. So they the Falcons trade Deion Jones, their middle linebacker out of LSU. They took him in the second round five years ago. He's 25 years old. Uh, has a lot of career left. He's suffered some injury problems, but he can do everything. He's a phenomenal player, and he's on a horrible team. That, and is surrounded by a horrible defense that's always banged up. If if it is if it is okay going into a season, it's banged up regardless halfway through. So I think they trade Deion Jones, get him a fresh start. And I have two teams actually. The Eagles. Now the Eagles linebacking core. They've actually talked about this a lot of people around the Eagles organization. They don't spend a lot of money on it. Guys like Nathan Gary. Sean Bradley, TJ Edwards are playing middle linebacker for mm-hmm. the Eagles. And we all know how injured they get. So I think they could benefit. You know, they went out and got Slay. And in a division where Dak Prescott just went down and it just is wide open you for you, it. why not get Deion Jones and actually say, hey, not only are we going to win this division, we want to win a playoff game maybe. Yeah. Uh, my other team is the Raiders. So the Raiders actually went out and 
got some middle linebacker help or some linebacker help in general. Nick uh, Kwiatkowski, who has actually been awesome for them, and Raekwon McMillan, who was a Dolphin last year. Two guys that have really, really helped them. But again, again, their defense still hasn't been great. Mm -hmm. You get a guy like Deion Jones in there. By the way, Deion Jones just signed an extension. You got him for the next five years. What's What's the money? Do you know? I want to say that average annual value was somewhere around 10 to 14 in that range. It was a really good deal. Not terrible. Um, I think it was lower because he's been injured. So Eagles or Raiders, I think, could benefit from him. Uh, my trade compensation was, a, I thought, a first and a second. You know, you get a linebacker that's 25 years old. I don't know if you need to old. give that much up just because of the injuries. And maybe maybe not, but the injuries, way— Injuries, Falcons are blowing it up. Yeah, They've got true. The, like, their defense has sucked. Why yeah. not restart that, you know? I agree. My only thing is they just re-signed him, so it's a long deal. Yeah. And he's still only 25. So he's got a lot, a lot of good years left. Still, I mean, arguably young. Still arguably not in his prime. So I think that just would be a good trade for both teams. First and a second, I felt for their needs would be pretty valuable, and he's a great player. Yeah, that makes sense. Me for number three. Yeah, yeah, you can go. Okay, ahead. so third person that deserves a raise is New York sports fans. Wow, so both yeah. the Giants and the Jets <laughs> are zero and five right now. New York is the most expensive place in the world to live. The Knicks, they just stink. deserve it. The Yankees just got knocked out. Oh yeah. The Knicks stink. I don't know if the Rangers are. Any They're not good. good. The Rangers stink. They're not good. It's just like it's a disaster. What else do I have written down here. Oh, Joe Flacco. Oh, this is just a, kind of a side flat side fact. Joe Flacco is now two and ten in his last twelve starts in the NFL. Yeah, he's about done. And you know, I actually had a bad take. I at the bar a couple weeks ago. I was saying I was actually surprised that Flacco wasn't a starter anywhere because I actually I thought he looked good when Darnold got hurt against the Broncos on Thursday night when he came out for a little bit, hurt his shoulder. I thought Flacco looked okay last week. He was absolute or this week, absolutely abysmal. He ran a little bit though. You know, what yeah. he ran, You know what he ran for? No. Four times. Twenty yards. What? <laughs> That's surprising. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah, I don't know. Um, other note I had from this game was, or from the Giants game, was that Darius Slayton is good. Yeah, Dan- I agree with that. With Daniel Jones throwing you the ball, you're just making unbelievable catches. I know. What, he had like eight for 120, some crazy like that. I yeah, played great. It's the only guy down. Daniel Jones throws a good ball to, which yeah, doesn't, make, doesn't any make any sense. sense. But uh, am I up? Yeah. So my third one is, of course, I had to include my Patriots because I'm always looking to benefit, and we have very stacked positions. So our secondary is so stacked. Jonathan Jones is our corner three, 27 years old. He'd be a CB2 on most teams. Really, really solid corner. But he's our corner three, arguably our corner four, honestly. I think he could really benefit on a, a team that has a disheveled secondary, and that team is the Philadelphia Eagles. They get Darius Slay. Now they have... That'd be a good secondary. Yeah. Well, a good corner situation. Right. If if they can get Jonathan Jones, that's a solid two. Just a solid depth guy. And especially they have so many injuries. Just to have a guy like that around just for depth. And this is the same thing how I'm saying earlier. You know, they're trying to make a move for a division. Make a move for a playoff. So I think that could benefit them. So Jonathan Jones and a third round pick to the Eagles for Zach Ertz. The Eagles or the Patriots' current tight end is Ryan Izzo. 
Our backup is Devin Asiasi, who we just drafted this year. That makes too much sense. It's it's two guys who have shown absolutely nothing. Ryan Izzo, I mean, he's in his second year, shown absolutely nothing. Asiasi rarely plays. Uh, oh, we also actually took a guy out of Virginia named Dalton Keene. I haven't we haven't seen a lot of him yet. So it's a lot of young guys that really haven't shown anything. We don't use them much, and we're. You look at the Patriots' targets, Edelman is at 60% at best every week now. Nikhil Harry can't force separation to save his life. So Demir Bird is getting goddamn 10 targets again. I don't know what happened to Edelman. He went from the best game of his career to just He's dropping, dropping oh, passes. Like, what, are his hands broken? His... His brain might be broken. <laughs> His brain and soul might be broken. He's been in the league a long So time. I think, and the Eagles, last week, Zach Ertz had one catch. Or this week, I should say. One catch. The Eagles aren't even using it. They'll get Dallas Goddard back eventually. Richard Rodgers has been solid for them. And honestly, Fulgham hasn't been bad, and they'll get Deshaun Jackson back. So the weapons could be okay. And, and like you said, Miles Sanders out of the backfield. The weapons could actually be there without Ertz, especially if they're not going to use him anyway. Mm-hmm. The Patriots would feed off Zach Ertz. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't Cam Newton using tight ends? He loved Greg Olson. And just another guy, another guy to run behind. Bill Belichick would absolutely love Zach Ertz. Now, I will say he only has one year left on our deal. I think you could make that work. Or on his deal, I should say. Uh, but he will only be 31 next year. And I think we could sign him to an extension. And I would actually love to... Right, exactly. He could last at least 35. He's good enough. And I I would actually really like that for the Patriots. Yeah, I really like that too. Um, My number four is... So I put Robbie Anderson. It's kind of a cheat because he just got paid. My flex. Because he just got paid. Love him. (laughs) But I kind of want to go into that with um, whoever is the Carolina GM right now. I don't know if you know the name. I do not. They just replaced Ron Rivera, so I should know this. Oh, head coach. No. Was Ron Rivera not the GM? I figured he was. I don't know. Well, whatever. Whoever is the GM yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. Do they run a head coach? Do they have the head coach GM thing in Carolina? They I'm might. not really sure. Matt Rule could be the GM. Whatever. I don't uh, know. Matt Rule might deserve a raise. Otherwise, yeah, he might he not. Does. He, he does. He does either way. He does. First he does. year, he deserves Carolina, a raise. The whole Carolina they Panthers really, three organization. 3 and 2 for no reason whatsoever. Anyway. Uh, when, Ca- when McCaffrey comes back, he's go- that team is going to be a problem. Yeah. DJ yeah. Moore, that 75-yard so touchdown weapons. this week. They have so many weapons. Uh, it's Rob- ridiculous. I got Robbie Anderson's stats um, for the season this year. He now has 36 catches for 489 yards. Only one touchdown, which is kind of concerning. Yes. But, you know, they... They, they don't use him in yeah. the red zone, though. He's not a red zone he's, guy. He's, he's a, a chunk guy. Ball. He's a chunk he's guy. He's a 25-yard... So he's a chunk guy, and he's on. He's in my flex position right now. Mm-hmm. The the stat that really jumps out at me that you just said, four hundred eighty nine yards this year through five games. There's not a lot of guys who have that many. Four hundred eighty nine yards. He's gonna have thirteen hundred yards this year on a team with a lot of weapons. That really surprised me. I wonder if his usage, if those receivers' usages go down as McCaffrey comes back, but or know, if McCaffrey's usage goes down. That's scary. That's what because scares we, me. You talked about this earlier. That's in the what week, scares so if you me. You want to elaborate on? Well, uh, so I'm a McCaffrey. I drafted him first overall, and I handcuffed him with Mike Davis once he got hurt. I'm a little worried that Mike Davis has played so well. And actually, the Panthers' offense as a whole has played so well they, since McCaffrey got... They trust got, Teddy. They should trust Teddy. That I think they're going to... Now, this might benefit McCaffrey because they'll just open it up for him. 
But I am afraid that instead of maybe 98% of the snaps, he's only out there for 90, and Mike Davis is going to steal some from him. Because Davis is good, undeniable. Yeah, he is. You want to go with number five? Uh, number four. Number four. This is my... <laughs> This is my last legit one. <laughs> the, la- the last one's a stretch. The Bears trade two future seconds and a third for Juju Smith-Schuster. You look at the Bears team as... Let- let's just take a look at their offense, I like actually. this segue into a Chase Claypool argument, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, you you I knew I wanted to... Yeah. I see it coming. You saw the light. <laughs> let's just look at the Bears offense. It's Allen Robinson... Some guy who's number 11, who's very fast, that they throw to way too often. Jimmy Graham, who should not be getting the ball nearly as much. And zero run game. I'm not here to help their run game. I'm here to help when they take when they end up eventually drafting Justin Fields and they need a lot, long-term weapons. Allen Robinson is your one. Juju Smith-Schuster is your two. When Allen gets a little old. Juju's so young. Yeah, he is. But And his trade value is so high that the Steelers getting two seconds and a third, they, they draft so well, they're going to they're gonna benefit so well from this trade. Meanwhile, the Bears finally get another weapon other than throwing it up to Allen Robinson every play. So you get Juju Smith-Schuster. Meanwhile, the Steelers, obviously you're losing Juju and that hurts, and he's a young, exciting receiver. But they draft a great receiver every year anyways. Mm-hmm. And you look at their receiving core without Juju, James Washington, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. That's just not a bad receiving yeah. core. Throw in Eric Ebron at tight end. Throw in James Conner at running back. Are you really losing and that much? really, how far away are they from a rebuild anyways? Why have like a prime Juju Smith-Schuster on your team? There's no that, reason you know? to. There really like you is might no... as well capitalize on his value while you have it. Right. While he's young. While you get the most value. The offense of. would not drop off if they lost Juju. And they did the same exact thing with, guess what? Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They move on from guys early. They leave disaster strikes <laughs> either off the field or going to the Jets. Steelers are always right. <laughs> the Steelers are always right, and you know they would use those picks well anyway. Is, is he GM? I think he's GM. We're just assuming a lot of people are GMs right now. Well, that's I don't what the know. NFL does it, now. Really, the coach is so important in the decision-making yeah. regardless. They have to sign off on anyone. You, you just know they're going to draft a solid guy next year anyway. And I love their... Really what this banks on is I love the potential of their receivers. Claypool, Washington, and Deontay Johnson. I think they all could be really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, my number five is Dak Prescott. Yeah. Dak Prescott has deserved a You're raise. Being, okay. Danny's a huge Dak Prescott guy. Let me preface everyone by saying that. I'm a sympathy guy. Okay. Oh, so you're going to turn it into that? I'm a sympathy You're going to turn it into that? <laughs> I'm going to turn it into oh that. Oh, my God. Dak Prescott shattered his leg this week. That's a generous way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Um, on some Out Alex of the Smith skin. Shit. Out of the Smith skin. Shit. Not, maybe not. What? I mean, it, nothing's Alex Smith. Oh. There's war injuries that are not Alex Smith. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, here's kind of what I have with that. Jerry Jones should have paid him. Yeah. Dak Prescott admittedly should have accepted the raise when it was offered to him. Yeah. Because uh, they offered there's, him like There's hurt on million. both sides. There, yeah. There's definitely, yeah. Um, and I kind of think that they're going to undervalue him still, like as they should realistically at this point. Like mm-hmm. if, coming back from that injury, you're just not going to expect the same yeah. person. Um, I think he's going to end up walking. 
I was just gonna say and that. I was just gonna say that. Here's a team that Colin Jordan threw out for. Really? Him. We gotta get him on here. You'll the all meet him at some point. Las Vegas Raiders. What? What? Think about. I that. hate that. What? I absolutely Why hate that. Why do you hate that? that? Because Derek Carr's good. No, he's okay. He's good. He's good. So they get. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You get Henry Ruggs. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I don't know if I disagree. Um, Another team that... He just beat the Chiefs. Another team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I feel better about that. I feel better about that. Because Brady, is he a two-year deal? Yes. Okay. So it's the last year of his deal. So Prescott gets tagged one more year. Doesn't really show By the Cowboys? Cowboys. Okay. He's a Cowboy next year. Oh, okay. Okay. Long, long One more year. Yeah. And then he's a buck. I like that. Let me throw this out there, though. The bu- Do you know who the Buccaneers' backup quarterback is right now? Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. Rosen. I'll play the Rosen music. Yeah, do not actually... You know what I actually want you to do? I want you to play my reminiscence of the Rosen automotive theme song. And then play the real one. And let the fans decide what. We'll put a poll out. We'll put a poll out what the better Which was. Better. Because mine was a pretty damn good yeah, representation. Rosen, 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 Rosen. Um, you're up with number five. All time theme song, by the way. Because do they even do Our Rosen anymore? Our out of state listeners might not listen. Might not know about. <laughs> right, right, Our right. Our out of state listeners yeah. might not know. But I don't think they do the Rosen thing anymore. Like that, I haven't that seen song. a Rosen commercial exactly. in years. But, and that's why it's impressive that Well, I don't remember. I haven't remembered a Rosen commercial in years. So, so maybe could... they're getting dry if they still play those? I don't know. We've gotten so off topic. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was meaningful. This is my last one. Remember how I said my last one was my actual meaningful one? Uh, this one is more of just, we're just spitballing about something. The Chiefs trade Patrick Mahomes... To the Denver Broncos for 11 first-round picks. Just... <laughs> now, now, okay, I had to get a little ridiculous on one because I was a, a little too yeah. level-headed on everyone so far. The number one thing I wanted people to think about by hearing this is genuinely how many first-round takes... How many first-round picks would it take for you to consider trading Patrick? I don't Rose? know if the Chiefs would take that. How, I legitimately if don't you are, You're the Chiefs GM, and You're... <laughs> I almost called you Andy like you're Andy Reid. No, you are Andy Reid. You're Andy <laughs> Reid now. And the Denver Broncos call you. They say, how many first-round picks for Patrick Mahomes? What is? What are you saying? I think he's going to be in the league for 18 years. <laughs> right. I'm going to say 18 picks. That's interesting. Yeah, because you know the picks will be bad, too. And I want the seventh-round pick. And every he year is too. a lock. I want to- 18 first and 18 seventh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eleven. my 11 first-round picks was a little low for you, but the way I looked at it was I wanted him to go to a team that had a, something built around it and was young. So, Those you know, receivers would the, be crazy. The, right? Yeah, the Broncos I'm receiving I'm not even going to indulge you. <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos O-line is solid. They have a good defense. Bradley Chubb, they always have a good defense. Defensive head coach. Uh, they get like AJ Bouye and Jarrell Casey for this year, so they always have a good defense. Could you imagine Mahomes with that team? He would. It would be about the same. <laughs> it would be about the same realistically. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. I fair, have, fair. I have a six. 
Um, I had seven. Oh yeah, you I, have a six. I, I had six and a half, but I'm yeah. getting rid of my half because it was proven wrong by Taysom Hill's last. Okay, I said Taysom, I was gonna say Taysom Hill needed a pay reduction, and then he had a game tying touchdown. No, he right still deserves a pay reduction. Yeah, he does genuinely because he can't throw a ball. No, he um, can't. By the but, way, Taysom Hill's in the game. Why would any? Now I am salty about the under. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if Taysom Hill is in the game, why is there not a QB spy on him? It doesn't make any sense. Are you kidding me? He, like, you make him throw the ball. Yeah. Anyway, know. the last one um, he threw was in the dirt, by So the way. my pay reduction for number six... I like this. ...is whoever makes the decisions on what game is, like, the regional game for for Wisconsin, at least. I don't... That's obviously, true. I don't we know... Can, all, that's all we can go by. Dude, we only get NFC East games. I feel like most of the country does. That's just like, the game of the week. They just they give love us the Cowboys. Cowboys. They I don't even know if Cowboys. it's called game of the week though. Like that's is three o'clock always the game of the week on Fox? Yes. Okay, well I hate it every week. They were on CBS this week, which was weird. It not it normally isn't, but the fact that every single week we get Cowboys on primetime is so annoying. The biggest thing for me is like they're playing the Giants. And you know, like, I don't need to see this. Right. I'll, I'll there was a game. It was a good game. There, it was a good game. It was a good game, and there was actually a lot of implications. But I will say, the Browns Colts game. If you're just looking objectively at records and like teams, who's going to make the playoffs and stuff? A much better game. Two, three, and one teams. Not even close. Versus a game where there's one total win combined between the two. The Browns are four and one. That annoys me. It, they, they're not good. They're not a 4 and one team. It annoys me. But you know what? I am actually happy that they lose Freddie Kitchens, and it's so much better. Yeah, so much better. It's very funny. We have more trick... He proved me wrong, by the way. Yes, he, yes, he did. I said he was out of trick plays, and he just ran the same one that Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr., who also threw a dot. I've also... Uh, let me just say something to everyone. If you're Kevin Stefanski, how are you not running a pass play for Jarvis... And OBJ every game. They both should throw it once a game. So I really it thought, looks better than Baker. I really thought you were gonna say what we were talking about earlier this week, which it might have been with my roommate I was talking about. Maybe. But I'm pretty sure it was you. That the Browns should line up in a weird shotgun formation. We talked. It was me and you. It with, was me and you talking about this. Yes. Not with Jarvis and Odell behind center. Neither of them directly behind center. Yeah. And kind of splitting the difference. And Nick Chubb behind them in a, like a little triangle thing. And you never know who's the ball going to get snapped. Yes. And then the other ones go out for routes. What's the difference? You could run that formation 60% of the time and I would trust I'm gonna it let over you hit a line. I'm going to let you hit a line that you hit earlier this week. And if you don't, I'm going to steal it. Steal it. The Browns have evolved past the need for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, dang it. I forgot I said that earlier. I said it in the car right on the way here. They have evolved past it. Baker's not necessary. He's there to hand it off. And occasionally throw a play action that's wide open. By the way, it's usually wide open, and he still makes the wrong decision. Yeah. That's how bad Baker makes. He's getting worse. <laughs> and OBJ and Jarvis are still throwing missiles. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so moving on past our takeaways. Yeah. We just did some very deep research. To, yeah. To prove slash debunk, ultimately prove a theory that Parker had. I'll let you present your theory. So... We were we were sitting watching the Monday Night Football game, and I kind of was just thinking about how all these different coaches are either against wearing the masks, they don't like it, they get fined for it, some wear the face shield, and I was like, you know, I wonder if it has any sort of correlation with winning. 
and win-loss record and stuff like that. So Danny kind of dove head in into the research on this for tonight. Um, I'll let him present the... Because obviously there are more mask wearers than people who wear face shields or people who wear the gaiters, which is basically a glorified bandana around your face. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's obviously a big difference in the amount of people who wear each one and masks is far more than the others. But I will say our results were interesting on win loss percentage based on if you're wearing mask, gaiter or face shield as a head coach. Okay. So our stats that we found of coaches and keep in mind, some of these, I'm going to put an asterisk next to these stats because first two weeks there were a lot of coaches who just straight up weren't wearing masks so we had to go with what they were wearing around their neck um second asterisk has got to be that some of them we're, we're pretty sure i'm pretty sure that i went through and got a pretty comprehensive list of what coaches were wearing what but there were some cases where there were multiple pictures where like in practice one was wearing a mask yeah. and like you know, some were They've swapped a over the weeks. They've yeah, swapped so, over the weeks. So there were a few that I had to kind of do a little more research on, and I think I got most of it, but I don't want to say it. might not certain. be the most accurate, but it's pretty damn yeah, accurate. Yeah, we think we have a pretty good read on how different COVID protocols taken by coaches impact winning. Yes. And they definitely do. Yes, we've decided it definitely means something. So as of right now... Your general mask, coaches who wear general mask, are 25 and 41 on the year. Not good. That's a 37.8% winning percentage. Not good at all. Let me let me just throw this in here. I feel like I should. Danny pointed it out earlier. Adam Gase of the New York Jets and Joe Judge of Joe Judge of the New York Giants both wear masks. So they are maybe outliers also giving Dan you an overtime. Also Dan Quinn. And Dan masks. Quinn wore masks. So we're talking 14 losses. But hey, that's what literally the stats just tell us. but yeah, hey, it's not our fault they chose to wear outliers, masks. They could have wore whatever COVID protection they wanted. Outliers schmelt liars. Yeah. They made it happen. We're d- yeah. Ignore my outlier statement. They made that decision. So then we're gonna go on to shields. Yes. The clear mask shields that are infamous from Andy Reid. Um today we saw Anthony Lynn. Yes. Anthony Lynn wore one. Yes. Um, and we were really cheering for the Chargers. Yeah. Won. And this is what kind of sparked this, actually, because yeah. we don't like Sean Payton. We like yes, Anthony Lynn. This was Anthony Lynn's first week wearing a face shield, so we were really hoping he would win. Um, but he actually lost. So shields are 12 and 8 on the year. That's just solid. It's pretty good. It's solid. Short? Now, very, like, Short into the season, obviously. We're only five weeks. And only a couple coaches. And, right, right. But one thing I'd like to point out. We saw a lot of Saints assistants wearing those clear face shields. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's like catching on among in the league. Ma- yes. If they're like, oh. Sean Payton might wear a face shield. I bet it's minus 150. Sean Payton wears a face shield. I don't know why you would. Like it, especially if you're one of those so much coaches easier. that just hates wearing masks. Right. You don't even have to deal with it. If it's you're ripping there. it down half the game anyway, why not wear a face shield? He wears a visor anyways. You put a little screen yeah. over it. So um, simple. So lastly, we have the gator, which is like the neck thing that comes up over your nose. Bandana-ish yeah. thing. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And this actually, because of Sean Payton winning this game, originally when we did this data, um, 
Shield had the most, the highest winning percentage. Yes. But Gator has actually overtaken it. It is 38 and 25 is their record. That's a damn good record for Gators. I can't forget the one tie in there. Also one tie for Mask, but I just kind of left that. Which is a 60.3% winning percentage. I like that. So we are going to try to keep track of this over the year. We're going to like... We're going to do quarterly updates. Yeah, so we start... This is obviously week five, so obviously this isn't the first quarter, but we just thought of it. So we'll give you our next update week eight. We're going to keep track of this. Another one week 12, another one week 17. Yeah. Basically. And then whoever wins the Super Bowl really just... Maybe we'll do like a point system in the playoffs. Oh, I like that. We'll maybe make them worth more. Yeah, I like Worth that. a couple more. I like, like a playoff wins worth like two wins. You know, We're going to spitball it. We're yeah, going to we'll workshop it, keep if it in our back If you guys have any pocket. ideas... Yeah, let us know. But it's just a fun little research experiment we're doing. Okay, um, next we'll move on. Still NFL. we got a little, just a tiny bit more NFL to do. Yes. Um, two games we're each looking forward to in week six. Um, my first game is Falcons-Vikings. My prediction for this week is 45-35 to 35 Falcons. I think the Falcons... 45-35! to 35. Hey, I think it's going to be a shootout. They both stink on defense. <laughs> right. Um, they're both coming off... Bad, well, not bad losses, but tough losses. Over, yeah. I'm guaranteeing Matt Ryan's fighting for his job. After, You're guaranteeing the over? I'm guaranteeing the over. Well, I don't know what the over is yet. But I'm, I'm guaranteeing. Back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, one thing we were talking about, and Parker mentioned earlier, was how they're not sold on Matt Ryan. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question of where you think he might end up if they're not sold on him. The problem with asking me this question is that I am still kind of sold on Matt Ryan. I think he's okay. the least, least of their problems. Now, if you're throwing out where I think he could end up, kind of tough. I could quietly, quietly, he went to Boston College. Cam Newton's on a one-year deal. New England Patriot. You're such a fanboy. That was kind of a weird—that was just— from the stomach, I came up with that one. I like it, though. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I, also, Cam Newton having a great year, obviously, and I absolutely love him and want to re-sign him, but it I would be so happen. vintage Belichick to not re-sign Cam Newton after a great year. It makes too much sense. Yeah, it almost makes too much sense for us not to re-sign him. Um, my second game, I'll just skip ahead and do my second game right away. Yeah. Then you can do your two. Um, my second game is Brown Steelers, division rivals. Great Both, game. Yeah. 4-1 versus 4-0. Which I would not have expected at the start of the year. It, I'm calling it the worst great game of the year so far. And, like, what are the who are the Steelers? Who I don't are the know. Browns? I don't know. It I don't know either of those sense. questions. Can I actually ask you something quickly? Yeah. Is the AFC North the best? The NFC best? East of the... <laughs> no, 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 no. The AFC North is the best division in football. The Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens. The Bengals aren't horrid. Yeah, Joe Burrow's just in a tough spot they, right now. Their O-line struggles, but they have shown fight. I mean, tying the Eagles, they're going to win a division, probably. <laughs> so, I think if you look at that division as a whole, they're quietly very good. I still like the spirit behind the Bengals. Yeah. I still think they just have something going that's going to develop into... I still think Joe Burrow's a fraud. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't but like Joe Burrow, but I, he's there's playing There's something well. developing in Cincinnati that yeah. might be because of... Joe Fraud. Look, they draft a couple tackles, they draft a couple skill positions and a quarterback, and I gotta say, I'm kind of, I'm in on their future. I'm in on their future long term. Okay. Is it me? Yeah, you're up with your two. So, uh, 
I would like to point out going into this, I had forgotten to make my picks and I'm just looking at them now. That's okay. So I take a peek at the Monday night game that is scheduled for next week at four because it was supposed yeah. to be the Thursday night game this COVID week. COVID rescheduled games, by the way, kind of fun. Yeah, a little bit. We get a tu- we get a Tuesday game. We, you might tomorrow. not hear this until after the Tuesday game. We're not really sure, sure. when this will come out. You know. Yeah, it may. The Bills and Titans may have already happened. But just know that we like COVID football. I don't care as long as the games are played at some point. Push them back. I'm okay. Extend the season. Fine. I would twist hate my arm. Twenty. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. I I wouldn't hate that. Let's extend it by a couple weeks. Make the football season last as long as possible. So. That being said, transitioning into my game, Chiefs-Bills. It's going to be an awesome game. Uh, I would actually enjoy if the Bills lost against the Titans tomorrow so that it's a battle of 4-1. But if not, it's 5-overs, 4-1. It's not bad. I mean, Josh Allen, Mahomes, two guys in the MVP discussion right now. Chiefs coming off a huge loss. The Bills, no one really knows what they are either. I know they're good, though. We know they're good, we don't know if they're legit. Yeah, you don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender. We don't know if they're legit because the playoff performance last year was a bit underwhelming. Right now I see them as like a fringe AFC championship contender. I would agree with that. And then if they if they beat the Chiefs, I'm going to say they're a Super Bowl contender. I think the Bills are last—this year's Bills are last year's Titans. And what I mean by that That's is they play a team like the Ravens in the first round, or divisional round, I should say. They beat them. And then they play the Chiefs in the AFC title game, and it'll be a good game. I think they can actually play the Chiefs better than the Titans did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my second one, <laughs> this one is, this one's just flat out funny. I, hope, I don't I, care who I, you I are. I hope that you say what I'm hoping you say. The Washington football team, it's not, <laughs> is one and four, and the New and the New York Giants are zero and five. I don't know why, but this game's absolutely hilarious to me. The the Redskins. I did it again. Uh, I did it again. I did it yeah, again. Hey, you caught it this time. At least I, at least I caught it before you. Also you also did it in the living room earlier today. Uh, I didn't call you out on it, but you didn't even notice that you did it. You know what we should do, actually? Can we keep a counter? Well, that's five. Date weeks straight. It's five straight weeks. Every single podcast I've said the weeks R without word. like. Can we get one weeks? Of those? Yeah, weeks. Yeah, weeks, Bob yeah. weeks, weeks without NBA. Being weeks since Parker has said the R words, and it would be at zero. It's been at zero for five <laughs> straight weeks. Anyway, the Giants are own five. R words are one and four. Who are who is the football team starting as their quarterback? I don't know. Is it Alex Smith with one leg? Is it Kyle Allen who just got hit out of this world and is going to have CTE for the rest of his life? I don't know. I actually didn't catch the hit. Oh, it was bad. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, that's always fun. Clock, yeah, he hits fun. people hard. And and then who it should be, Dwayne Haskins. He wasn't even at the stadium last game. So you know they're done with him. They're so done with him. He's done with that team. Meanwhile, the Giants showed some fight last week. I promise you it's bad this week. Bad, yeah, bad, you're bad. Right. You're right. It, they're so destined for a letdown game. They're going to be 0-6. Football team barely wins. Giants are favored, by the way. Are they? I'm going to sprinkle I'm gonna sprinkle the football team. The team me and Dan... Our football team. Our football team. The team me and Dan will be GMs of someday. <laughs> Who knows what colors they'll be? Who knows what... What they'll be so those are my two extremely spontaneous picks that I um, forgot. One about. I was hoping you'd mention, so I'll just mention it real quick. Go ahead. I won't go into it at all. 
But Packers Buccaneers is going to be a really good game. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, it might be not a good game, but it's just like going to have so many storylines around it that I feel. Well, like it's, it's our probably our last Brady Rodgers yeah. game, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, the two of arguably the best quarterbacks ever, so that's always exciting, and just two exciting teams. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to go into a little bit of NBA Finals. Um, yeah. So not a ton. As always, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're big NBA off season guys. Yeah, we <laughs> we, like we are the classic and rumors, and <laughs> we are the vintage care more about the hypothetical than what actually happened. Yeah, which is maybe our downfall, but whatever. So LeBron us. just got his fourth title. Yes, um, Finals MVP. Correct. KCP carried him there. <laughs> <laughs> right, and Rondo, KCP and Rondo masterclass. Yeah, so we're gonna do real quick is. We're not going to argue who's the GOAT. Happens way too much. Because we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be that podcast who just yes. argues the GOAT all the time. You know, you can go watch any podcast and hear about that. What? Turn, on Fo- turn on Fox, watch Undisputed. They talk about it for a half hour every day. We're each going to go who our GOAT is mm-hmm. and like a very brief two to three se- two to three statement. And then we on move Fox. on. And then no we argument, on, no discussion. And we've got a very fun NBA coaching vacancy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm letting you go first because I think I know what you say. Okay. Michael Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever. As in he has accomplished the most in the game of basketball. LeBron James is the best player ever. In that he is the best basketball player to ever grace a basketball court. In about three to four to five years, LeBron will be the GOAT. I cannot physically make him the GOAT right now because you cannot guarantee things in sports. You flat out can't. If LeBron retired, if LeBron straight up retired after next year, say he wins next year's title, has five titles, he retires after, which I don't think he will. I think he plays till he's 40, 41. I think he's going to be Tom Brady. He's I think he's going so, to... Dude, he's he'll be, be 42. So he'll be 42 playing with his son, in my opinion. But I can I cannot assume things like this. You never know when Bron will want to hang it up. I do. Obviously, I think he'll be GOAT. I, we said we were only going to say two sentences about this. I whatever. said 15. Whatever. Continue with yours. Um, so I have agreed with that in the past. Interesting. That I don't know what you're going to say here. That by LeBron the way, at is all. the best player of all time, and I've been saying that for a few years now. But Jordan is the goat. Okay. Yeah. I also said at the beginning of this playoffs and at the beginning of the bubble that if LeBron won this year, he was the goat. Yeah. But then it all kind of played out, and I, I'm sticking by it. I'm saying LeBron's the goat. Okay. Because I also think I do think if he retired right now. We'd say, wow, yeah, he's the greatest player of all time. He went to 10 finals. Yeah. Won four. Insane. Four against arguably the greatest team of all time. Yes. And came back 3-1 against one of them. Yes. So I, I, just, I, I just think he's done enough at this point. I Show know. him some damn respect. <laughs> like he said. We said we weren't going to argue about this. I would like to say one more thing. I just think that his two... Uh, the the loss is not against the Warriors, the Mavericks one, and the Spurs one. If you win, if Bron wins six, you can no longer talk about those because they're meaningless. Because mm-hmm. he's won the same as Jordan then, so you cannot possibly say, okay, 
He won. He hasn't won six yet, though. And those two losses, the losses no longer matter once you've won six. It's all about what you win. Who cares about percentages? I don't care if Jordan's six for six. Yeah. If Brown is fucking six for 14, I don't care. Yeah. He's won six. And he went to 14. That's and he went to 14. Guess a, what? I care enough. about making the finals. NBA's I, better now than it ever has been, skill-wise. The, yes. The NBA, oh, this is also a sad part of Twitter. It's kind of sad to me that no one cares about any other stage of the playoffs. Yeah. Like making true. it to any other stage of the playoffs. Like, for example, I think Damian Lillard, I think his career will be slept on all time because they'll, no one will remember any title games from him or anything. But realistically, he's had two of the biggest playoff shots ever, and he's won a lot of series that he's maybe made he should. some damn good runs. Right. He's won a lot of series that maybe he shouldn't. And he actually has had some notably horrific playoff games yeah. as well, which is why he's not at the Steph Curry Braun, Giannis, yeah. Harden level yet, but I mean... I'm going to springboard off yeah. that because of the horrific performance against yeah. AD. Against okay. the Pelican squad. Well, yeah. And I'm going to springboard that into my take that I'm just going to throw out. You can argue it I if hope you I don't want like to. It. You can just say move on if you okay. really want to. I've said that AD is the best player on the Lakers like the past few months I've been saying that. Um, through, basically through the bubble. Okay. And I'm saying that with certainty going forward. Um, Keep in mind, LeBron's the goat. We need to move on. <laughs> we need to move on. Okay. Okay. So next, I have a lot of problems with it. So it's we okay. Need to move on. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Next, we have something we've been kind of waiting to do until the NBA Finals was done. We're gonna fill NBA coaching vacancies. Yeah. So here's the five and a half teams. Okay. Who have an open coaching? head coaching position available yeah. right now. And we're going to ignore all interviews or rumors and stuff that we've we're had. Just and we're just shooting from the hip. we're just going to do what actually works. Not we're shooting the, from the hip. Not the bad decisions that the GMs ultimately make. Steve Nash is the Nets coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll go, I'll, <laughs> Think I'll go about over, that. I'll go over some recent hires Good call. that we've had so far. Doc Rivers is in Philadelphia. That is a train wreck waiting to happen. All he's had is train wrecks. And they're just going to put him with one big train wreck. <laughs> it's just two train wrecks coming together. It's just one. I love Doc Rivers, but it's one overall train wreck of a career. He has a title, but one overall train wreck of a coaching career. Cultivating in the final stage, the boss battle of train wrecks. He's going to tell Ben Simmons to shoot. Probably. And it's not going to go well. Probably. Um, Next coaching hire, we have Billy Donovan to the Chicago Bulls. I really Good like this hire. hire. Good hire. He's he, what he did in Oklahoma City. I don't I can't don't believe really they know. let him go. I don't know why they let him go. Yeah. Um, but not much else to say about that. He's just gonna fit well there. Bulls still probably won't do shit. Um, True. The Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. It's a funny matchup. Tom Thibodeau's just gonna play vets. Tibbs is. All day. He's one of those guys where there's a lot of. They're gonna players. trade for Chris Paul, by the way. I don't like that at all. There's a, <laughs> Do I? There's a lot of players that have attributed their success to Tibbs. I know Jimmy Butler actually mm-hmm. was one guy who talked about it. Derek Rose always really appreciated Tibbs. The problem is he also has had neg- very, very negative stints. I think it's a huge dice roll. I like, I like that they signed him for a I'm, couple years. I'm glad that they made a dice roll, to be Something. honest. Something. Yeah. It's something. 
The Knicks will still not be good. But it's, it's until Dolan gets out of there. Because it's, their drafting has been absolutely disgusting, yeah. and Dolan will never leave. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, last hire, we kind of mentioned it really fast, but Nets and Steve Nash, which yeah. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I don't, I don't think, like it. I don't think Kenny Atkinson had to go, and we're going to be talking about him a little bit, yeah. too. Um, so, with all that said, here are the NBA teams that need a head coach right now. Okay. The Houston Rockets. Okay. The Indiana Pacers. Yeah. The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. The New Orleans Pelicans. Oklahoma City Thunder. And, asterisk, the Sacramento Kings, who have a head coach right now. Luke Walton. But he will not be there very long. <laughs> I, okay, I like that. And like here that. are the coaches that I'm nominating to fill in. I have a kind of an extensive list. So, if you need a reminder, it's fine. Yeah. Jerry Stackhouse. Kenny Atkinson. David Fisdale, Jason Kidd, ha ha, Brett Brown, <laughs> Tim Duncan, Becky Hammond, the Van Gundy Bros, Mark Jackson, David Jorger, Mike D'Antoni, Ty Lu, Alvin Gentry. Very long list. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, well, let's go together. Let's go Rockets first. Okay. Do you have the list together, or do you want me to read it off again? Um, no, I have the list together. I have the list together. Okay, let's go Rockets first. Uh, did you mention Nate McMillan? I believe you left Pace, former Pacers head coach Nate oh, McMillan no, off okay. there. He's, it's, a, it's a very extensive list. Yeah, it, it's an extensive list, so I don't, I don't necessarily blame you. There's a lot of options out there. Uh, I think I might have missed one, but we'll roll with it. You'll be okay. Yeah, we'll roll with it. Um, so we'll start with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. My pick, and I know it's going to happen, and I'm pissed it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Jeff Van Gundy there. Oh, that's weird that you say that, actually. What? Because I was actually going to say I could see Mark Jackson going there. That's fun, too. I think... I think they're a big meme, and I think they need to be a bigger <laughs> right? <meme. laughs> right? That's exactly what I think. And I feel like they're going to look at what Mark Jackson did with the Warriors and be like, Hey... He was a part of that. Yeah. We're sort of that. Yeah. Let's roll. <laughs> He's like, I know that's the guy holding him back. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you shit on that. Um, but anyway. So, we, so, we, so it's either Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson. Yeah. You sure Jason. not? You sure you sure you got the right Van Gundy for that? Yes. I don't, I don't want to stand there. <laughs> okay. I like Stan better, by the oh, way. Oh, I, lo- I, I like Stan much yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Pacers. Okay. Interesting. An interesting one. Yeah, because probably shouldn't have a head coaching vacancy right now. No, they shouldn't. No. A couple of these teams probably shouldn't have head coaching vacancies. My real answer is Nate McMillan yeah. for this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my real answer. I actually agree with that. It should be Nate McMillan. That's I my think, official answer, but... <laughs> I think out of other coaches, if yeah. we have to, if, I'm going Jerry Stackhouse. I just like that's the fit. interesting. I just like the fit. Yeah, I I don't hate that. I personally I see Fizdale there. That's good. He defensive. He's a defensive head coach. Was on those Miami teams that were great defensively. Goes to the Knicks. Goes who are just horrible. So you can't judge anything off his Knicks tenure. Was a Grizzlies coach. I thought he maybe got the boot a little early. Yeah, same. There I wasn't agree. there wasn't much happening there. Now, they were in the middle. They I don't. Right I forget their interim head coach's name, but he he gets John Morant. 
He gets a developed Triple J. Mm-hmm. He gets Brandon Clark. He fell into a really good team. And I think personally, if Fisdale's still there, they're fine. They're the oh, same. they're doing real good. If, yeah. not, if not better. Because they don't run an offense there anyways. They just let Jog drive to the rim and dish it off to Jonas and he dunks it. Or they he kicks it off to yeah. Aaron Jackson running pick and rolls. They don't run an offense. Give Fizdale, hashtag give Fisdale a home. And I think Indiana's a, he's a, he's a quieter like guy. That. He's a modest guy. I think he would fit well with Indiana's culture. I like that. Um, Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going to get weird here. Yeah. I, I am say, too. Oh, I don't want to do this. Okay. I don't want to do this. But I'm going to say Brett Brown. Oh, my absolute I fuck. I hate that. I really don't <laughs> want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Uh, and I, just I so you know, actually, I refused to pick him for any I was actually because going he shouldn't be a head forth. coach. I'll, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was going back and forth between guys I didn't want to pick. <laughs> between Brett Brown and Jason Kidd. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I, literally until the last second, I was thinking... Jason Kidd just walks to the other yeah. side of the Staples Center. That would be so vintage NBA. And it would be very vintage Jason So Kidd. vintage NBA. Not that he's done anything like it before. <laughs> God, I absolutely hate every part of that. Uh, Brett Brown does not deserve the Clippers. He doesn't deserve a job. Brett Brown, actually, uh, no, we'll get. I'll get back to Brett Brown, actually, about something a little later. Um, but I don't hate Jason Kidd. I was actually thinking about saying him, but in the end, I'm actually going to... Alvin Gentry. That I like that. I think he has gotten kind of a rough look over the past couple of years with the whole Pelicans thing. I think the whole AD thing leaving and them being weirdly bad, and then they get rid of him when they get Zion to get quote unquote their guy. I'm sure. I think if Al Gentry goes to the Clippers, he or he's been around for a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Goes to the Clippers. I think he I, is just a respectable name there. And I think he's a guy that Kawhi and PG would respect overall. Okay. And that's like the important that. thing with stars. I like that. Um, my one thing I'll say with that is that Alvin Gentry was interviewed for the King's job. Or like yeah, the I King's saw that. assistant job or something I like that. I saw that. No, I think the head coaching job. At- Which is weird because they have a head coach. But I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, um, he was, he so he was just interviewed go, for some sort of job. He just wants to go die and coach young players, really, is mm. what he wants to do. He wants to just prove that he he's must a, enjoy it. He must I thoroughly mean, it's be enjoy it. It's kind of fun being on the hype train all the time. And you are, you actually inevitably keep getting jobs because they say, hey, he coached that rookie yeah. at one point. You're like, well, he had a young team. Yeah, he had a you young know, team. He did what he could. They didn't win, but they developed. He did what he could. So maybe they win now. Maybe he goes to a winning culture now. I like that a lot. Um, Pelicans, this is tough because I don't know what they're looking for. Yeah, I agree. But, I agree it is tough. But I'm going to throw out Nate, Nate McMillan. I don't know. He built a culture... Up in Indiana. Very I could, true. I think he could do the same down in New Orleans. Yeah. He's already got a stud to work around, two studs to work around with Brandon Ingram and Zion. Uh, maybe he lets he tells Lonzo Ball to just play defense. And <laughs> that's, tells him to. That's it. And it happens. <laughs> um, maybe Drew Holiday finally gets traded. I think that should happen. Yeah, it'll happen at some point. Yeah. Um, They're going young. So, yeah, Nate McMillan is my choice. Uh, I like that. I especially like the building a culture. He would definitely build a culture there. He's good at that. Uh, I think they go Mike D'Antoni, and here's why. That's cool. Mike D'Antoni has long been known as offense, offense, offense. That's all he, he cares wants to about. Switch it up. Well, no, no. I think he sees a different form of offense. I think he's going to sit back and look at this roster and be like, "I think we have 
like the potential to be one of the best fast break teams in the league. And he loves fast. He loves playing fast. It's just that he normally likes threes. I think he takes a look like, wait, this could fit my scheme and it doesn't have to involve threes. And it's just Lonzo throwing Zion lobs. Jackson Hayes developing into a decent lob. It'll turn into Lob City in the in New mm-hmm. Orleans. I, I like think, that a lot. If they get or Dan Tony, I think fast pace. Uh, do they still have JJ Redick? Sure. I think they do still have JJ Redick for one more year. So a, a three point shooter, Lonzo Josh Ball Hart. has shown in and out that he like likes to shoot threes. Blue, blue corner of the key, ball again to tie. That one also off the back of the rim. Maybe. <laughs> so I think it could turn into sort of a Rockets thing, but with a little more Lob City type vibes to it. And I think D'Antoni could see that as fitting his scheme. I really like that. Um, we're going to go on to Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Another one where there shouldn't be a new head coach in town. It should be Billy Donovan still. Um, but if I have to choose a different one, I'm going to go Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. He just, like, he's a good coach. They just fired a good coach. Why I'm not going, just make that happen? My ex, So that's my exact answer, and that's my exact same explanation. They A good coach leaves, and I think they're just going to look around the market and be like, dang, we kind of want the same thing. Like, I think, that, <laughs> I like, think, like, I think they're going to have a little bit of remorse for leave, letting Donovan go. They, why would they let him go? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. I think... I, I really don't know actually what they were thinking. I think they just roll with Kenny Atkinson and maybe say, fuck it. We'll, maybe we just rolled the dice on Landon Donovan 2.0. Um, I'll throw in the Kings just because. Um, and I'm going to say Alvin Gentry just because he got interviewed. And, okay. he likes, and he likes dying on hills. Okay. <laughs> um, now here is where I love Nate McMillan. Absolutely okay. love Nate McMillan. Like you talked about cultures earlier. Yeah. They're they're gonna The Kings have a solid young They core. have a core. They have a core. They really should And it's close. Yeah. It's gonna be there soon. Because they're gonna trade Buddy Heald for something, for some value. They're gonna play Bogdanovich more minutes. De'Aaron Fox, paid boy, is gonna become a star. And Bagley. Marvin yeah. Marvin Bagley, who a lot of people Marvin Bagley gets a lot of flack because he was in the Trey Young Luka Doncic draft. It's tough to be Luka it, Doncic. It's tough to be all-time players. Guess yeah. what? But you know what he can be? A 17 and 10 guy. Yeah. With De'Aaron Fox as his point guard. Who's and you their know, center right now? Is it Willie? No. No. Uh they might run uh Dwayne Harry Dwayne. Giles. No, Dwayne De- yeah, that's right. At center with an a, with a sprinkle of Scalabissier. Yes, you're right. I think he's still there. Yeah, he is. He so, is. so I think that's kind of what I think Bagley does occasionally play center, and I think I mean he's six eleven. It's probably fine in this small ball league. I think there's a definitely potential there, and I think McMillan will see that and turn them into a better defensive team. Turn. He's going to look at these young guys and say, if they could play defense, they could be something. Yeah. And I think he will. I really like that. Um, few names I'm going to throw out that we didn't mention. Becky Hammond, yeah, who I think is going to be the successor in 
San Antonio, by the way. That would be insane. It just makes sense. Like, Pop's always done the right thing. Yeah. It's going to be the first female coach is, like, in San Antonio, and she's going to do a great job. I, I, I know I, she's a good coach. Yeah. I don't know how I know she's a good coach. Mm. I just know she's mm. a good coach. Well, I'll tell you why she's a good coach. Because Pop is a legend coach, and he hired her. I hope so, he doesn't go Tim Duncan. I like I, I want Tim Duncan to succeed more than anyone I on would, this planet. I would love a Becky Hammond head Tim Duncan assistant yeah. type deal. That would be an And one awesome. day things get spicy and they fire and promote Tim Duncan. Yeah. Okay, I that. okay, you just completely <laughs> shit on Becky Hammond. What I actually think would be cool is games where Becky Hammond gets tossed. And Tim Duncan has to coach. And she's not worried about getting tossed. No. She's just, like, going and at it. And neither is the team. Reps. And I think she would be okay with getting tossed more often by having Duncan there. She could trust herself. So she could let the reins off. And I think she's a, actually a oh, really good basketball awesome mind. Coach. So yeah, she's going to be really I think good. she'll be a fine coach somewhere. Um, now we're going to move on to uh, – I'm very excited about this one, this movie review. Um Raiders my favorite, my favorite part of this podcast, by the Raiders way. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, let us know if you want us to potentially move the movies <laughs> up a little yeah, bit, to the like, start. especially in front of NBA. We would definitely be willing to. Move I mean, it, in front it is. Of the NBA. It's one of my favorite parts. So we're gonna take you down to South America, 1936. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That Put was us my in the first time note. Zone. You remember how I, I told you that. I take notes? Yeah. Yeah. He always <laughs> takes notes. Early in the yeah. movie. I actually took a lot of notes on this Okay, movie. good, good. So, my score that I'm going to give it... I told you I was going to tear this movie a new one. This is insulting. Is a 6.4. My uh, lowest score yet. My lowest score yet. Boo. Indi- <laughs> Indiana Jones should have died about... 89 times this movie. He's Indiana Jones. I know he's Indiana Jones. <laughs> Dude, but, like, the one moment I keep coming back to, and this is, it wouldn't even be him dying. This would be uh, Marion. Is it Marion? Marion Ravenwood. Marion Ravenwood. We'll get back to her. She's spinning in this plane, in this gasoline. <laughs> right. this gasoline leak straight to the uh, fire. There's yeah. a fire in the distance. Yeah. And it's coming from the plane, going to the fire. The, <laughs> the gas is maybe two inches away from the yeah. fire. It really is. Very quickly. It's yeah. street. It looks like a river going yeah. down the, going on this map. Flowing. And that's when Indiana Jones starts fighting a 6'7 dude <laughs> on the top of the plane. Not his choice, gets but... Gets punched down to the ground twice. Yes. Stands back up, beats him up, then gets her... Uh, sh- okay, can't get the plane open, has to shoot the yeah. door... To open the door, <laughs> then he carries her out, and they run away with Great scene, plenty actually. of time to spare. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah, the timing's a little off there. The timing's also, a little off there. when he first first goes for that, uh, I don't know what the original gold statue is Yeah, I don't think for. they have a name for yeah. that, but the original whatever. gold piece. Whatever, and he's for. running away from the native population of yeah. South America, whatever South American country this is. They're the worst shots Ever. It is bad. Ever. It is bad. And I actually have a bad joke for this one. Oh, no. The native population of that South American country shoots worse than Danny Green in the NBA Finals. Ayo! Ah, fuck you, Danny Green. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Danny Green. And your Green Room podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... Also, I forgot to throw this in, so I might edit this back to the front of this section. Okay. But no one ultimately guessed our preview 
of yes. the movie this week on Twitter. We got Foster a few guesses. <laughs> yeah, we got a few guesses. Didn't. We got a few guesses. No one got it right. So sorry, we don't have merch yet, and we're glad no one got this because, because we would have been scrambling for we, merch. <laughs> we can't afford merch. No, we can't afford. We merch. can't afford merch. <laughs> um, if you want to throw a few takes out. I'll about the movie? I'll, yeah, let's go back and forth a little bit because I have a lot of notes this time. So I would like to just bounce off something you said really quickly with that plane scene. Mm-hmm. Before they get to that plane scene, they were trapped in the Well of Souls, which yes. is where the Ark was kept. Yes. And Indiana found that, and that was when uh, Bollock, the French scient- the French archaeologist, I guess you'd call him, he find he kind of notices and steals it for the Germans and then locks Indy in that basement area. Indy breaks out of that. Did you notice how he got to the airplane like tarmac area? I don't think so. There is literally a doorway with insane like carvings in it that's like oh, blocked off by bricks that he pushes, pushes through. Yeah. So let me just. Let me just ask the Nazis this. How do you not check there first for the Ark? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, by the huge door that's covered with blocks? Also, why did Indy dig throughout the entire thing, <laughs> through the entire Well of Souls before checking the rock? Also, No one another, saw this doorway another, that led to the room? No one saw Indiana Jones having a full archaeological dig on top of a hill 10 feet away from the Nazis? <laughs> it was so close. Was a, there, there was a sunset scene about it. <laughs> it Jones, lasted an even, it, it lasted a whole it wasn't even like hours. It wasn't even like, oh, sunset scene of workers working. It was no. Indiana Jones standing up in the most classic Indiana Not hiding. Jones way. Not, Not hiding. hiding at all. Um... What did I have? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I have... I know. I have some other, like... About this things, specific thing? About other things uh, that he should have been yeah, caught doing. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, one was when he got saved by Sala. <laughs> yeah. On, Great character. This is this one was just insulting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> because... Indiana Jones is about to eat a date. A date. A date. The, only, the first time I had ever heard of that fruit in my entire life was the first time I watched it. And it just looks like an innocent fruit. And he's about to eat it, and then he sees a monkey on the ground dead. And he's still about to eat the date. And Salah goes... Throws it in the air. Throws it in the air. Yeah. It's about to fall in his mouth. Salah catches it before... And he it. goes, bad dates. <laughs> Great line, though. Great bad line, dates. though. Bad dates. And I'm like, dude, like... You're... Sounds like my love life. Ah. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> or it's another one. Yeah, go for some. Okay, I have uh, I have some awesome ones. Why did booby traps die? Now I know actually why booby traps died, and it's because because Indiana Jones figured them out. Because okay, that's maybe <laughs> it. Uh, because we have actual security systems and cameras and technology. But I feel like a booby trap is so humiliating that it just would make no one ever want to come into your. I don't know if it's an art gallery, a museum, something where there's a lot of very important mm-hmm. old historical it items. It feels cooler. At least, at least give me this. Don't maybe keep the security system, keep the 21st century security system, but throw in like how Indy's walking on those tiles and the razor sharp arrows yeah. are flying past him. Let keep throw something like that in. I like that. At least show a little creativity. I also another booby trap I wrote a note about was the rolling rock. Obviously, okay, the big rolling yeah, stone. Yeah. Um, 
it wasn't even a good booby trap. He could have, it was on two like platforms rolling so it would like maybe take off the top half of your body. <laughs> but if you ducked and just let it roll by. Yeah, for at a some second. point it is on the ground, but for the first little bit it's on like rails. Yeah, so you could easily just duck, <laughs> let it go by. So right away he could have ducked. Yeah. He could have just ducked right away. So but... he might not be that smart. Yeah, that's a I hot mean, is Indiana Jones. He outran smart. it, so it's tough to say. Um, uh, go. My second one is Indy always has great teammates. He is most certainly a Stephen Curry on a Warriors type thing. He has Sala, who, like you said, saved his life and supplies him with all of his manpower in this movie and any ships he needs, any vehicles he and needs. And all the knowledge about the art. All the knowledge. Which well, I have a t- I, no, no, no. He has, he has knowledge of the art. But not knowledge Sala of the provides arc. him of the area. Okay, I wouldn't. I'm not saying like knowledge of where the air, where the arc is and stuff. I'm saying like the arc's power. Like yes. Indy was very like it's just an artifact. It's just True. you know. Which another thing I'm very upset about at the end of the movie. Oh no, I don't like that. You're Indiana this Jones point, just knows to close <laughs> his eyes. Just knows to close his eyes. It's never been opened. It hasn't thing. been opened in thousands of it's years. It's been like 3,000 years. And he's just like, after not believing in it all movie, he's just like, close your eyes. Close your eyes. We're good. We're good. Wake opens his eyes again, and it's just closed at that point. Yeah. That, okay. I have one more burning take that uh, I'll save for the very end okay. because I'm that mad about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, my next take is I'm in love with Marion Ravenwood. This isn't really a take, but she's I, great with a turret gun. I watch a lot of movies, and there's a lot of you know the love interest of the main action star. Something about Marion Ravenwood, it starts with her just hammering shots in her own bar, mm-hmm. killing some Polish dude in Nepal in a shot contest, not even rattled by it. Then she uses it to her advantage later on, actually, by out-drinking the archaeologist that was trying to swoon her. Yeah, I remember that. And kind of gets him rattled. And now, she doesn't actually escape, but it was a good effort. And uh, actually, my take after this, I was drinking wine during this. I'm really in love with Marion Ravenwood. (laughs) Because not only on top of her just being gritty and she can fight and all this she's also startlingly attractive mm-hmm. especially i mean back then women i mean they were they were a little different she's a she's like we're gonna get hit hard for that one uh, well no no i'm just saying they were per, they were portrayed different in movies yeah, as more yeah, of like yeah. the damsel in distress no, I, yeah, like I oh save me save me marion ravenwood is like get me a Tommy gun, get me in the mix. I want a knife. I want to start cutting throats right now. And that's why I appreciate Mary. Um, I like that as a springboard to my... I'm going to make it my second last take now because I saw another note that I had. Um, I hate how the movie ends. (laughs) Okay. Not the the part where they like wheel it into the warehouse, you know, that part. Yeah. Um, But I hate how she just says... I hate how he says they don't know... Indiana Jones? Yeah, Indiana Jones at the end of the movie. After the U.S. government yes. takes the Ark, yeah. goes, they don't know what they've got there. Yeah. And Marion goes, well, I know what I've got here. Buy you a drink? That's how, <laughs> that's, 
the last. That is true. That is that's true. the last time we hear Marion and Indiana that is the true. entire movie. They just don't take it seriously at all. They're just like, let's go drink. Let's go have some drinks. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I have two left. I actually have way more than that. I have, I have way more. Can than I do five. my last two yeah. quick? Yeah. And you can finish up. So at one point, Indy's dusting off some stuff, some uh, some stuff when he's doing his archaeological dig, and he's doing some reading hieroglyphics. People don't actually claim they can read hieroglyphics, no. right? Because it's just a guess. Like it's just isn't it just you pictures? Would have no clue. Like there's no actual translation from and there's hieroglyphics, no way to like, right? You know how like with certain language, I feel like you can like code break and like figure out like one or two letters and like start. That's all you know, right? You know. It's pictures. It's literal pictures They're that are completely up to determination. Like, how do you know? Because I, that's I feel like that's the only way they wrote back then yeah. on like anything of structure that's still around. So I'm calling cap on anyone who claims they can read hieroglyphics. <laughs> okay. Uh, my last one. This is absolutely my favorite take of all five weeks so far. <laughs> So, like you said, they're wheeling the Ark into Area 51 at the end of the movie. I love how the depiction of Area 51 is just a warehouse with a bunch of wooden boxes that say top secret. I didn't even realize it said Area 51. (laughs) It is. You you know how I know that? Because in uh, the last Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they go back to Area 51 and and the the Ark is there. And it's the same room. Uh... I don't understand what the thought process was. I guess it was, we've never seen Area 51. I think it was... You're telling me your best guess was a glorified, like, Costco warehouse? warehouse? (laughs) I don't know, some restaurant chain, some store chain. It was a Target warehouse. Yeah, I thought they were going for, like, there's so many other (laughs) mysteries like that. You you put the Ark in a room with a bunch (laughs) of other super scary... Unknown shit. I saw that thing kill 20 people in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that thing literally had rose to the gods it just and opened. fell back down. It just, they just opened And it. we put it in a wood box with some good old-fashioned American they nails said, and craftsmanship. And, lock. <laughs> and they put, And then they just threw it on the bottom. They were like, yeah, well, this'll do. They let some interns set it next to a fucking alien spaceship or something. God. <laughs> so I've got one that annoyed thing. me. I've got one more thing I really want to tear apart. Okay, was that all the Nazis that were really close to it? Obviously, the ones who weren't close got killed by like the whatever beam coming off yeah. of it. But the ones who were really close to it, all three of their faces melted in a different way. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, one melted down, <laughs> one melted like into itself, yeah. and then one just blew up. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. The physics behind it was all over the place. Yeah, I. I'm going to chalk that up to it's like a religious thing where, like, we're not talking about just a fire. It's like fire, lightning, spirits. Okay. So you just catch something. So you something. never know what you're You just get. catch something. Okay. That's, um, now, my, I, that's what I'm going to chalk Now to with. end my movie review, I'll yeah. give two things that I liked about the movie. Aw, look at you. I was geeking really hard at the fact that the arc, when they were like transporting it had the same like carrying bars <laughs> on it as like the normal art yeah like they just threw like four care yeah I don't know what they're called 
Handles, um, like I guess handles. Yeah, I don't know if they have an official name, but you're talking about like how they carry a casket, sort yeah, of, like or like just, a king when they're when yeah, there's guys exactly. carrying a king that, uh, sitting on a bed. Well, like exactly how they were carrying time. the ark. Yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> that way. I don't and know they if just threw a... that onto the box and called it a day. <laughs> and they were like, that's the easiest way they to transport were, They that. were very... Uh, they were not cautious, is the way I'll put it. They were oh, not yeah. cautious at all with something that had literally not been open for thousands of years and caused millions of deaths. And that the Nazis clearly knew was going to do some wild shit when it and opened they didn't it. care. They just were like, open it. Nazis <laughs> equal careless. That's my that's take. True. That's true. Um... <laughs> Other thing I really appreciated was the getaway where all where he like drives into the town square and goes into the garage and all the people like swarm right in front of mm-hmm. him and are like, yeah, you know, yes. I really yeah. like that. I like that. Even yeah. though it kind of turned on him because later on they just knew who he was. <laughs> very true. Very yeah. true. But I, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Um, you got to give your rating. Yeah, I didn't so get I'm my 6. rating. 6.3, I believe. Six, maybe 6.4. I don't remember exactly what it is. Look, I think I actually don't think it's the best Indiana Jones movie. I think that's we'll the last. We'll get to those later. We should watch those after this, actually, pretty soon. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.9. Okay. I think it holds up actually pretty well. Like, if you if you take everything into account, I think it actually holds up pretty well as far as just a movie in general. Like, the action's pretty good. There is one part, though. So, Indiana Jones, he's big on the double-fisted punch. Did you notice that? I don't think I did. So he does this thing. You'll notice it when we watch the other movies where if there's a guy who is stronger than him beating him in a fight, he will put his hands together, like uh, interlock his fingers. A far less effective way to punch someone. And he turns it into like a club, some sort of club that he just throws. I've never seen it in any movie ever. I don't know if it was a Harrison Ford saying this is how I fight thing because that scares me for just Now here's something I'm wondering. A little callback. Yeah. If someone were to knock someone out doing that in the UFC, it'd be cool. A big club, a big a club double hit. club. Yeah, a double both club fist. with what his foot. Both his opponent has his foot. We'll make it fair. Okay, so it's like, okay. and then he clubs him in the head and just knocks yeah, him out. That's cool. Where would that stand? Uh, it would be pretty cool. And I actually, I was against it, but I think I just talked myself into liking it because I think Indiana Jones is the only one who's ever done it in like anything. It's his. We haven't talked about his whip. Because his regular punches just don't work. Yeah, we haven't talked about his whip, but that's his signature move. Is his double club punch. Yeah, that's his... Yeah, the the double club punch is signature. The whip, honestly, is underutilized, I think. He uses it more for transportation, if anything. Yeah, he did use it once at the beginning of the movie. The only... My initial note was, the first whip in the movie is mean. Yeah. Because I I don't remember what it was. Uh, It's... I believe his first whip of the movie... Oh, you know what? I could be wrong. I I think he does it. There's to one someone. really like effect, like really strong like, one. A guy pulls a gun, and yeah. I think he whips it out of his hand. But his second one, he uses it to get across this little gap, uh, this this trench. He he ties it out on a branch, and he kind of rides it across like a rope. I think that's pretty effective. Okay. Um. So are we done with Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. All right. Now we're gonna move on to. This is for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Ladies about this. in the house. Because, as Parker said, we're finally going to get some. Well, he didn't say this to you, but. I didn't. Um, we're finally going to get some normalcy back into our lives. With yeah. the newest season of The Bachelorette. Yeah. We've got 
a borderline middle-aged woman this time as a bachelor. 39. She turns turns 39 either during the episode, oh, really? during the show, or oh, like... Wow. Or she did... Immediately after. Okay. Or she is now. I'm not okay. sure exactly what it is. Um, 38, basically 39. Yes. I will let you... I'll switch up. Start with your pick. I'm going to throw some NFL draft music right here. Okay. So, go for it. With... My pick, I was in the fourth tier of picking. I was out. Uh, I was in the fourth tier of groups out. I was the only one out that week. I will be selecting Zach J. He's a cleaning service owner, St. George, Utah. He's, what my biggest thing was Zach J. First off, doesn't look a day over thirty. Mm-hmm. Just a sculpted dude, good-looking dude, thirty-seven years old. So we're not. I, now, by saying by picking a thirty-seven-year-old, I'm banking on that she's looking for someone in her stage of life. Wrong. Now I know you're very against that, and I could be very wrong. Maybe she is going young, 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 taking an opportunity here to roll the dice on something that normally maybe wouldn't happen in her normal life. But I'm going to try and go realistic, which is not what the Bachelorette is. I'm going to go Zach Jay's thirty-seven. I like that he was out of Utah. Not a high-scale place. I feel like a lot of the people out of bigger cities have a bigger ego. And I think that ultimately is their downfall. They think they can handle the world. This guy's out of Utah. He's he's going to be humble going into it. Again, good-looking dude. I'm, we'll keep you updated, but I like my pick this year. This is probably, I would say, past three years is my favorite pick. I really like my pick, too. So, um... With my first pick yes. in the 2020 Bachelorette draft. Yes. I've selected Robbie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a last name initial, um, but he grew up in St. Petersburg, played D1 basketball at Florida oh, wait, State. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got Tampa. Okay, he's from Tampa now. Grew up in St. Petersburg. Grew up in St. Petersburg. Lives in Tampa. Lives okay. in Tampa, and he splits time between there and Los Angeles. Okay. Um, he's taking his. He's growing his family business, is what yeah. it's said now. But he played D one basketball. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, his dream woman is incredibly athletic and able to throw back. I'm gonna pause. pause <laughs> throw back a few beers with him after a long day. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> um, I also feel pretty strongly about my pick. Um, he was the only guy in the entire, like, out of the pictures at least, mm-hmm. that I saw a little pattern on his shirt. He it's a, a floral let, shirt. No, 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 hold on. It's he a Hawaiian it. shirt. Let's it's not a, try and talk about, like, it's the uh, uh, He's nice from Florida. What is he supposed to wear? Okay, I guess that's a fair statement. Florida people are his like His teeth that. are white. He's a good-looking guy. He is a good-looking dude. And I'll give him credit. I, I like his hair. I don't know if this is true or not. Strong hair. I don't know if this is true or not because I Googled it about... Five seconds before the podcast started. Yeah. Allegedly, he was the runner-up on JoJo Fletcher's season. Wait a second. I don't know if that's true. Robbie Hayes. Wait a second. Yeah, I don't know. We'll confirm that later. Because... no. Oh, no, 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 no. You got the wrong Robbie. Okay, I got the wrong Robbie. I, because I picked Robbie that season. I picked that I'm going to just search Robbie. No, later. it's not. It's not the right Robbie. It's not the right Robbie. Fine. You're right. It's not the right Robbie. So, I got a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, 
I normally absolutely despise Danny's pick, and I initially looked at this guy and Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, he's going to be weird at the start. But I like his age, 31. Yeah, I think his age is a good sweet spot between her not going too young, but also really wanting to go young for That's sure. That's just but a she, really safe pick. I, I just like don't it. think she wants to go like 27. I think there's like a 27-year-old. There's no way she goes that Yeah, young. there's a couple. There is a couple. There's a 26 I see here. There is a couple. Uh, age is but a number. It, that is okay. Very true, but at the, it means a lot yeah. as far as how developed these people. It's an and, important. Number. And we saw this last season because we saw a lot of girls in Peter's season that clearly were there for upping their Instagram followers. Yeah. The nice part about guys is hopefully we have less of that, but we don't have none of that. You know there will be some clout chasers on here. So I like Robbie being thirty-one. Hawaiian shirt was a little sketch, but he's a good-looking dude. Um, okay, we will go to our Resner rant, which Parker, I know, hasn't prepared. No. But I'm going to give you a topic for it. Oh, God. And it's NHL 21. Oh, okay. So we are currently recording this podcast as my NHL 21 has already been downloaded. I have not played NHL 20 in about two months. Because I wanted to prepare for this very moment. I will not be sleeping tonight. I will be playing NHL Ultimate Team until my eyes bleed. Uh, I can't wait to give you a further update. on. I'll give you a further update on what I think about the game next week. Because I can't give you much right now. But all I know is I'm ungodly excited. Okay. That's my rant. I knew I knew you'd want to get some words off your chest. I'm real excited. And I like how it's 25 looking. minutes past your, when your do- yeah, <laughs> download started. Um. Do you have a trap game this week? Because I think I have a good one. Yeah, my trap game's Halloween. Uh, it's coming up much faster than I expect per usual. I always am late to the Halloween game. I know that I'm probably going to end up rushing to buy a costume and spending a decent amount of money on it and then probably wearing it for a very underwhelming night that's probably very cold. Yeah, and, and you're not prepared for it. will probably be limited in enjoyment because of the current 25% rule at bars and such. So... I know I will be pressured into buying a costume, and I know I'll be spending too much money. You got any idea as to what you're going to go as? Because I I can can give you mine. Okay, give me yours. So, Katie and her friend, Bella, Bella. shout out Bella, are going to be butterflies, allegedly. Okay. So, I'm going to keep it real simple, and I'm going to buy a net. I yeah I I had a feeling you you could do like I'm going to do bucket hat and a net. Yeah, bucket hat net. That's. That's well, really all I need. It's damn simple, but it gets the job done. You know, I don't need They're much. Fly catcher. She's the show. Yeah, you know? you know what? That is spoken from a true veteran boyfriend. Yeah. It, your girl's the show. You are the side act. You are the opener. You're just the, you're the side piece of the act. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I got a net. Right. Okay, my trap game, I have a like football game and a... Trap okay. game, trap game. I'll start with the football game. Okay. Um, Dolphins coming off. Wait. Dolphins winning? I'm an idiot. I wrote down the game from last week knowing... I forgot who the Dolphins play this coming up week. The... Check really quick. The Dolphins play the 0-5 Jets this Thank week. Thank you. Okay. That's my trap game of the week. Oh, great one. Because That's such just, a good one. They, they're coming off... That's a trap and letdown game combined. Yeah, because, I mean... the. And it's really going to screw my last week's uh, prop bet. Um, but coming off that big win against the Niners, not that the Niners are any good, but they are still like 
Dolphins are eight-point favorites, by the way. Trap game. Holy when was the hell. last time the Dolphins were an eight-point favorite? Not in a while. I I don't think it's ever happened. I Dan Marino was playing quarterback last. I month. think this <laughs> is a <laughs> I think this is a trap game, but I will also say I think the Jets are that bad. Yeah, they oh, might I, be impervious to trapping people. But I I don't hate that though. Because um, Fitzmagic played way too well. My real trap game of the week, and it's because I went on kind of a a spree of these over this past weekend, is hoop mixtapes. Yeah, I have You've a, been showing me a lot. Earlier this summer, I made a, a top forty <laughs> comprehensive list, all time <laughs> list, and some of the names on here we should have are just pretty sad because I have Akil Carr. He's just, I mean, he was is, too short to really get going, anyways. Marcus Levette looked like the best point guard ever in his sophomore <laughs> mixtape. Dennis Smith Jr. sucks. Trey Jefferson is Pinson on there. Pretty small. Is yeah. Pinson on there? Late, Thank you. Late. I mean, there's his so was many exciting. People above him. Um, 14-year-old Seventh Woods, Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> greatest, who I guess greatest player ever is 14-year-old Seventh Woods. Austin Rivers, if you've seen his hoop mixtape, it's one of the best Weird. ever. He looks like weirdly a, good. Looks like a pro. Um, Quee Parker, which is mostly dunks, I'll admit. Quee Parker's mostly hey, dunks. Hey, I don't hate those. Thon Maker, Deuce Bellow, Zion should be Aaron. He he's up there. I just didn't want to like yeah. mention him as a bust. I'm glad Thon's on there. Um, his was insanity. Aaron Gordon. Emmanuel Moutier, Mac McClung, who still has some chance, obviously. I love Chris his. Walker, if you know who Chris Walker Skywalker. is. Skywalker. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Chris Skywalker. Have you ever seen his high school highlights? Uh, yes. Tyson Chandler times 10. Yeah. And Tyson Chandler's who? Tyson Chandler's like one of the greatest who makes it ever, and you call it times 10. That's a uh, That's all I've got for hoop mix, or for trap games. I think that that's all we got. No, I know you got one more thing for Danny's Jinx of the week. Oh, okay. I do have a Danny's Jinx. Um, <laughs> real quick, tonight Michael Badgley was kicking a field goal, and I'm not shitting you. As it was in the air, like 75% of the way there, Danny said it was in. I mean, this ball it was, was begging ball. to go in. To Danny win said game. it's in. One of the lowest... One of the lowest um, scale jinxes he's ever had. It's just like, this is in. This is money. It looked beautiful. I was like, yeah, probably is it. Hits the post. Doesn't go in. That was just too perfect to not put in here. Immediately you went to your notepad. Immediately (laughs) I put it in here. I mean, that was textbook, Danny Jinx. (laughs) Textbook. It's just sad. It is. we'll We'll let Parker get to his NHL 20 tonight. Thank you uh, yeah, I got I got to get on the ultimate team grind. Thank you everyone for joining Thanks us. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next week again. See ya. See ya.